0: it's Monday night and that means a brand new episode of Graphic Policy Radio the show that mixes comics and politics this is the show for folks who appreciate that the government has been announced to be closed tomorrow due to snow um we've <laughs> we've got a uh episode that's full of some brand new guests who are uh first time um folks to the show uh and to introduce them. I'm gonna kick over to my co host Alana. How you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good, thanks. Um yeah, well we're excited we have the creative team of a brand new uh web comic joining us, one that I found out about uh at Fla at FlameCon, which if folks recall it was is and was the amazing LGBTQ comics festival in New York that we just had last summer. Uh that'll be back this summer and will now be a two day festival happening at a big hotel in Brooklyn. Um so just getting bigger and better. Um and so then yeah, the name of the comic, of the webcomics that they do together is called Bashback. And uh joining me are Kelsey Herx. She is a playwright and performer based in New York City and Bashback is her first foray into writing comics and she's thrilled that this project is the one she's cutting her comic writing teeth on, as am I. Um, we're also joined by Fyodor Pavlov, Russian emigre Fyodor Pavlov is a freelance illustrator, comic artist, and smut peddler. In print, Pavlov's work can be found in Sherlock Holmes' Mystery Magazine, The Obero Cycle, Queerotica, A comic Ethology, and more. His latest comics foray is The Art of Bashback. Together with his husband and creative partner, Lawrence Gello, who is our third guest, he directs Dr. Sketchy's NYC, um, post costume parties, and raises a very spoiled cat. For those who don't know, there are these drawing salons called Dr. Sketchy's happening in cities around the globe, uh, which I guess we can ask you to explain a little bit about when we get to you on, uh, on the show. And um, our final guest, Yes, Lawrence Gallow is writer, colorist, and graphic design for g- Bashback. artist, and performance artist, and a speaker on transgender issues. So, thank you guys for joining me. Um, I, thank you for I, having when us. I wanted to, the, yeah, the, when, I, when I got a little bit of a, 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 um, a blurb from you guys about how to describe the comic quickly, because I, I just like the way you word it, so I'm going to quote it, which is, after thousands of years, bloodshed, torment, and ridicule, now is the time to take what is ours. Bashback is a cathartic, hyper-violent, contemporary, queer revenge fantasy. It updates every Monday on bashback.tumblr.com. So, yay! <laughs> not... yeah, I com. our movie pitch. It's
2: the
3: elevator pitch.
1: So when I... Yeah, exactly. It's a really good elevator pitch. And so when I first heard you about your podcast, it was on a panel... At call uh, uh, I'm sorry, I heard about your comic. It was on a panel at FlameCon called No More Mr. Nice Gay. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, one of the, yeah, which was really cool. Um, it was you guys and Steve Orlando, who does Midnighter, who's also a friend of the show. We've had him on a bit talking about Virgil and Midnighter. And um, one of the things that I found so gratifying and hearing about your comic is how much of a wonderful expression of a lot of the frustrations and pain, but also, you know, really happy and awesome things that I think folks find um, you're able to communicate in this. So I was just wanted to sort of get from you guys a little bit of a story about how the idea for the comic started and how did you guys come together and decide to put it together.
3: Um, well, Lawrence, do you want to take this one?
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Um yeah i uh, I thought of the idea for bashback because um this was kind of the days of uh, everyone being really excited that will and grace was a thing and uh, <laughs> someone who is like so passionate about um about queer history and about um the the eternal struggle for improving um the the situation for queer people around the globe. It was so frustrating that we were regulated um to a certain corner of entertainment and that we weren't allowed to be threatening and that we weren't allowed to to be anything but uh but kind of an accessory to great characters. Um and as someone who's really into stories of uh of drama and violence and um and uh justice, like uh, x men and um and the Godfather and things like that I, I really wanted a story that would play on those tropes, but uh from our perspective uh and I'm really, really, really glad that that my two cohorts here were as on board with us as i was and and are finally making it happen. It's really, really awesome, yeah, I kind yeah. of started off as a joke uh because
4: we just you know exactly like the panel title was, No More in Mr. Nicegate, we kept thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to worry about how queers are being perceived and, you know, we didn't have to worry about respectability politics and we didn't have to worry about, oh, just turn the other cheek and don't be violent. What if we were allowed to be all of those things just like any angry person? So we decided to sort of uh-huh. channel it into creative. up. Uh- <laughs>
3: Um yeah. i was I was brought onto the onto the project pretty pretty late i mean really into this iteration that you see now it it went through apparent from what I hear it went through a lot of different versions um but what was really interesting to me was how important queer history was and um is, i mean how important queer history is and how much we are kept from it. Um, through through our uh, elders being silenced or uh, portrayed as, as uh, predators. And um, I really liked the idea of the family, like the, this mob family, <laughs> this hyper-competent group of people being the queer family and actually sticking up for each other and not being afraid to get our hands dirty. Yeah,
1: I mean, that was what... That really spoke to me. I think that, um, you know, you guys have portrayed in this comic basically like there are, there is, uh, and we're just sort of discovering this in the story as we learn about this through the the, the lead character, that there is like a, a safe house for young queer kids in the city that also is funded by like an awesome older gentleman and also by like, I guess yeah, hyper competent like queer mafia slash (laughs) superheroes of a vengeance type, like not like Superman superheroes, but more like antihero superheroes. And um, it's sort of everything you would want in that kind of story. Uh, (laughs) And so, you know, like you, 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 it so far, you know, the, the, a lot of you guys have been around. It's, I mean, basically you guys started this summer, right?
3: um it uh, started posting
1: in the summer the summer posting in the summer yeah so yeah. you know we're still at the very much the part of the story where we're, we're building the world that you're existing in but um it, it it the comic for me felt like doing something that was like a very emotionally necessary for readers um and being an outlet where it was okay to you know, wish for and hope for things that aren't, like, actually policy prescriptions that necessarily folks are like, <laughs> looking to get and that you didn't – you don't have to behave as, as perfect all the time. You know, like the respectability politics you raised, um, you know, for folks who aren't familiar with the terminology, like, there, a lot of people from different oppressed populations are expected to have to try to perform in ways in their regular lives to make them seem more acceptable to the mainstream, white, straight, bourgeois, like, people, Um, and the kind of thing where, you know, you can have some kinds of gay people represented on TV, but not other kinds of gay people represented on TV. And um, hopefully I'm doing a good job of explaining respectability politics through a queer lens right now. But, um, yeah, so... uh, So you guys have a comic where you gave you know lgbtq people like a place where they could be like really fucking violent against (laughs) homophobes, basically so far (laughs) and um it also portrays a really closely knit community
2: yeah i I think that queer people are very familiar with the idea of a chosen family and um not not just because many queer people are kicked out of their homes or ostracized from their families but also because you discover um a community affinity that you don't necessarily get with your blood family and it's it's that kind of it's that kind of desire for acceptance of community that uh resonates with with me being someone who's you know descended from Italian immigrants watching the godfather and really thinking yeah I want a family but I also want uh monsters to be on my side and fight for me um, and it doesn't matter if uh, they're doing it within the scope of the law or ethics or not. I just want them on my side. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um, and you know, I'm just trying to think about ways to sort of explain the world that this is, is and to folks who might not have checked it out. Um, folks should know you guys are at bash back B A S H B A C K dot com. Um, you know, you, you have a lead character in the story. His name is Bastion. Um, he's the person who you sort of meet in the very beginning of the story. He's new to um, the queer family that is featured in the story. He's just moved to the city from rural Virginia. Um, and I think you guys did some really interesting things in forming his character. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about how you chose him to be the lead and what you would want like listeners who don't necessarily know the comic to sort of know about him coming into it?
3: Writer. Um, We definitely wanted to have like a uh, an outsider, someone that that the audience could could uh, enter the story and enter the the family with.
2: Yeah, I, I wanted someone who perhaps could be seen as, um, as someone we, to. I'm sorry, ask, can you I'm sorry.
1: I couldn't see you here. You were breaking up for a sec.
2: Okay. Um, am I okay now? Okay. Um, I, I definitely wanted Bastion to be someone who you could see um, either beco- go from a, from a place of being an outsider to becoming um, perhaps uh, making the decision of whether or not to become corrupted or making the decision of whether or not to become um, involved in, uh, in the larger story. And, uh, and also Bastion, um, it, it was important that the the central character reflect some of the, um, uh, some of the demographics that, uh, that me as a writer and, and my husband as illustrator, uh, come from, so that we could tell his story truthfully. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, um, you know, hopefully hopefully going to be a better outsider character than uh, Danny of the Stonewall film. In that- <laughs> oh,
3: no.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> we, we were certainly on the waiting for Stonewall to fail, amused to death watch uh, when that movie was announced this summer because, you know, like other people, we were upset about it was completely ahistorically portraying like random, conventionally cute white kid as the center of the actually led by trans women of color Stonewall uprising. Um, one of the things that I was, I was just talking about this with someone, and you might have some other characters that you can name, but right now your character of Bastion. And one of the kids in No Mercy are the only transmasculine characters in a comic right now, like that are in canon, transmasculine characters being published right now, as far as I can tell. No so, way, really? Bonkers. Well, um, I'm not an expert at web comics, so you might have some other folks, but I read a ton of stuff yeah. in the indies and like
4: the big two. Yeah, well, wow. the indies, I can think of two more. Um, there's Rooster Tales. Uh, which is done by a, uh, I cannot, Sam, I can't remember his last name, but uh, it's, it's a nonfiction, it's like a slice of life um, uh, sort of biographical comic done by an artist out of, mm-hmm. uh, if correctly, New Zealand. Um, and then there is, it is now completed, but by um, Morgan, uh, Morgan Bosher, did What's Normal Anyway, uh, also sort of a slice of life semi-autobiographical comic. It was a webcomic, and it is uh, now in its entirely, entirety finished and online. But other than oh,
1: that I've read that. I've read that. But so like yeah, it's like it's, like a, it's, a fiction comic, I guess I should say.
4: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, a fiction I uh, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I guess I should be I guess I should not be surprised, but I find that really surprising. I, I Yeah, that, I know. I was like I, I had to go back and check. I was like, Is it really that bad? Answer yes. Like there
1: was a trans masculine <laughs> character in Demon Knights and that comic's been cancelled and um that now it's just you guys and no mercy so uh, for people who haven't been, been like really following this stuff like we have a serious lack of representation of transmasculine characters and one of the other awesome things about the book is that you guys have a ton of interesting diverse characters represented and everybody is recognizable like one of, you know, the problems you see a lot in generic comics are, and I do want to talk about the armor specifically in just a little bit, is, like, everybody looks the same. They might have a slightly different T-shirt or uniform. But in your comic, you have all different kinds of body, sh- body shapes and types and gender presentation. Like, some characters are more masculine, some characters are more feminine, and some characters have different abilities, and people are not necessarily men or women. And you have a whole diverse representation of characters there. And you've only, you know, you haven't been even had that much uh Time for the story out so far, so it's really, really impressive.
4: Um, there's more to come. Kind
1: of, oh, I'm, I'll bet. Uh, how did you guys start to develop your like awesome cast of characters here?
4: Um, one of the first things that was kind of important was the fact that it's set in New York City, and New York City is a very diverse place to be. <laughs> <laughs> and like we, and you know, there's so many. Uh, stories comic stories set in New York City or in New York City look alike that when you look at them as a resident of New York you're like not. <laughs> Nope. not nope it looks like <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: yeah um actually making up making the characters I think was one of the most fun things that we did <laughs> like all the just figuring out what their personalities were and like there there was a point early on when we started posting that I was like oh my god I can't wait for everyone to love This character as much as I do, (laughs) or I can't wait for everyone to see Lady and like love her as much as I do. Um, But when it comes to the diverse body types and stuff, that credit really has to go to Fyodor because um, his character designs are just, I mean, amazing. Uh, I mean, also (laughs)
4: the three of us. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Oh, also. Two and a half of us are white. <laughs>
3: and I'm so, half I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so
4: From that perspective, we try to be sort of conscious and kind of stay in our lane, but also remind ourselves as as we talked about these characters as, talk, as the story took shape. Not everyone here has to be white. In fact, most people shouldn't be because that's not an accurate representation of also a certain class. Those certain social classes of l g b t q
2: people you know the well, <laughs> you know yeah well it's it's also the people who need their representation and this this is what the comic is about it's about giving trans people more than one way to be represented and yeah um and it and it's just important and and you know that i've I've heard a lot of um this comic writers talk to me about how cool they think my work is. And then they say like, oh, I'd really like to write a trans character, but I just don't know how, because it's not my experience. And like, I know that that's a very honest answer and it's coming from a good place. But the more that people like us who, who, you know, I, I am confident I can write a trans character with an amount of sensitivity because I have lived a trans experience. And the more representation we get that's good, the more writers will be like, okay, I know like where it's coming from now and, you know, the more representation we'll get. Um, and I, I can I can easily see that you know, hell, there are actors of color that I just wish I could see more because I think they're amazing and if nothing else, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to write a character for Steven Ewan to play because he's <laughs> <because, yeah, laughs> not. of my characters. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and and I do want to talk about the art actually now a little bit because one of the things that also super attracted me to the comic is you have this beautiful, very Art Nouveau-influenced black and white art um, that doesn't look like anybody else's, and it's really awesome. So I wanted to hear a bit about um, how you developed your drawing style and You know, I know you have a background in doing illustration, but illustration and comics are not the same thing. So, like, what was the process of getting yourself, you know, ready to do comics? Or did you have a comics background training as an artist?
4: (laughs) I don't. (laughs) To me, (laughs) it's completely
2: obvious that I don't. But I guess it's good that it's not to other folks. Well, Fyodor and I have done comics together before. Yeah. And... um, and they they haven't been as well, you know, as, as well orchestrated as bashback. I think this is one of our first like really serious projects and I'm so so proud of it. But it's definitely just because it's uh set on in present day, I thought Feder's not gonna be interested in doing this because we're both very like interested in, in certain historical periods, especially for queer history. But like he was like, No, I can do this. I can learn to draw cars
3: yeah. <laughs> so we gave him oh a lot of cars, cars to drive, <laughs> uh, to drive. Yeah.
4: My background is more in like historical illustration and the comics that I have done have all been, you know, uh, set pre or just at the start of 20th century. So when when we were talking about this, we, we, you know, we were always very clear that we want this to be a contemporary story, that we wanted to uh, deal with contemporary issues facing the LGBT community today. Um, and we wanted to have lots of fucking guns. <laughs> and so, and punching. And so when I was kind of faced with the thumbnails of it, I started writing angry text messages to my writers.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, He's like, why'd you funny. make me draw the front of the plaza? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. A club, club scene, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Ouch.
4: yeah but you know it was it's actually been kind of a fun challenge because um it is yeah it is one of the most consistent comic works that i've had to do because i literally have to do it every week uh and it's it's challenging because you know doing illustrations as opposed to doing sequential storytelling is very very different and i had to kind of rein myself in uh and you know dispense with a lot of the detail and yeah because it is contemporary i sort of don't i i have to um simplify, and I have to uh, do something very different, but it's, it's been really fun. It's been, in some ways, kind of liberating. <laughs> well, wow, You know,
1: I, I, I totally, like, understand the whole, oh, no, now I have to draw cars thing. Cause it's funny. Some, like, artists are exactly <laughs> the opposite, and I'm one of those, like, right, I can't draw machines. This is not. No, make it stop. Um, I think that, you know, the historical influence on the art, like, the very art, because feels, like, just wonderful character that makes sense in the world that you've built there. And it it doesn't make it, it it looks like it's 21st century. um, But it's cool to have that feel to it. It, I think it has more of a queer eye for that reason. And the art.
4: Awesome. Well, it's funny too, because um, that really comes out when I do uh, the curious of the safe house, because that like, that is Stephen's, uh, St. Stephen's aesthetic, is basically what I'm all about. Um, but it's also <laughs> a, it's that nice contrast of like, here's a nice, you know, big home of a quasi Victorian professor, but actually, there's guns and but a what, guy
3: designed my actual wannabe future house, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's also like it's I have totally. to
4: draw dirty and lots of garbage cans, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no. I love. You have a great panel where Bastion is just accidentally saw someone stitching up a large open <laughs> chest wound in the beautiful bathroom, and I thought like that sums it all up very well. Yeah,
4: and there's like a, um, a
1: little um, hand towel
4: next to him.
3: <laughs> that's yeah. I'm, I'm, exactly I'm like so you. glad. I'm, I'm so glad you commented on that particular moment because that is such a great moment of. Um, of the, the bigger story coming into this, like, little safe world that we've created for them. And, and like, they don't seem to fit in at all. But, yeah, yeah, that's a great moment.
1: <laughs> and I see in the bones of your story, like, I don't want to give things away for anybody who's new. I see in the bones of your story, like, different ways that Bastion's own background and skills that he comes to the story with could play out in him participating in the uh, more anti-hero action stuff, if he so chooses, or may not. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing how that develops. Um, but you mentioned about, um, like, every week, Brett, I know you have some questions about uh, process, actually, on doing a, a webcomic here.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I am fairly actually new to webcomics, so. Um but for me I think what's interest, really interesting about it is kind of that process of creating it you know basically you're doing a page at a time once a week you know how far out do you actually plan out you know your storyline and your plotting and you know do you do a page at a time do you do a whole bunch of them at a time to kind of maybe work things out I mean what are the kind of the challenges of doing a comic or a webcomic in that way
3: Um can can I take this one?
0: Yeah, go for
3: it. Okay. Um, so we have we have an idea of a final endpoint. And and we have an idea of where we want bads to end up and all of that. And we have a general idea of the different villains we want them to face and all of that. And we have a very clear idea of the next story that's happening like the one right after this one ties up. And we have a finished script for the story that's currently happening. And and Teddy works on it. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a few pages ahead. So,
4: yeah, I, the, the Lawrence and Kelsey wrote the script uh, and completed the script before I started doing any of the art for it. And this is the script
2: for like the first story
4: arc. Yes. Um and then after that they hand the script over to me and I start to break it down into thumbnails. And before we started posting, um I got a, my ambitious idea from the beginning was to actually get the entire issue done, but that is <laughs> not crazy. <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> um, so what we ended up doing was got I think ten pages done and then we started posting and we did them weekly. If you're smart, you'll do thirty pages ahead, but <laughs> <laughs> that kind of never happens. And then, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm still, I'm about five pages ahead right now, I think, uh, and we're actually drawing to a close on this first story very, very soon. I'm anticipating probably like ten more pages, and we're done.
2: Ooh. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's like Kelsey's cue to start. You know, we we have an outline for the next issue, um, but and, and like one gets,
3: or two scenes fully finished. I think.
2: Yeah, when he gets down to the last five pages, we're really going to have to start finalizing the the second block of script. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, for this one, you know, it's not a gag week to week. We really do have to plan ahead, and it, it um, this particular project is much better for that, for sure.
0: With the with the planning and kind of the, I mean, it's it's a webcomic, so people are going to either read it on their desktop or, like, an iPad or an iPhone. You know, the fact that it's digital as opposed to, you know, a physical comic, is, is that kind of weighing in in both, like, the way you're telling the story and how you're presenting the art at all?
4: Well, it's actually kind of both. Uh, it's, it, it is, in fact, physical in that I draw the pages by hand and then they're finalized uh, on the computer, like, by Lawrence. He puts in some of the shading and he puts in the text. Um, I don't know. I mean, how do you guys feel about it? Well, I think I we, mean, in we...
3: terms of storytelling, not really. Um, like I, I do sometimes tell people like, oh, there's like a little mini story arc finishing up this week. So if you haven't started reading it now's the time because I do recognize that the sto- sort of story we're telling is really going to be better when it's all up, you know? Um, hmm. and, and I think we do want to try and put it in print at some point.
2: Oh, we're, gonna, we're going to. Yeah, I think the <laughs> the entire design has been with the end game that we'll be able to print it if we want to at the end, uh, and I definitely want to. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I really want to.
2: I mean, I think...
4: Cool, we I look were, forward to having that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think
3: we're,
4: we're thinking we're going to be done with this first uh, story uh, soon, and after that we're kind of hoping... I'm hoping to debut it at uh, in physical form at FlameCon. Yeah, oh, cool! <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Do you think you're going to self-publish uh, it for it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we'll have to. Mm-hmm.
2: I was going to say at last FlameCon,
3: <laughs>
2: the um, the the geeks out um, entity that was at FlameCon was doing uh, an anthology comic where i had actually submitted or uh, i'm i'm featured in the in the anthology that that put out and Mm -hmm. my little story in it um, is actually a huge spoiler for (laughs) (laughs) bashback yep but i don't know it's a different art style maybe people won't (laughs) know
3: well now they will
2: Spoilers ahead for those
1: of you who are looking for them. Well, oh, that's really interesting. I, I, you know, I definitely like. I. You know, there are like. You know, there are some like real you know benefits and real challenges to putting out your own your own work like this. I do you think that you would do like a Kickstarter to get stuff into print or? Uh. Maybe. Yeah,
4: what
2: do you guys think? I mean,
3: maybe,
2: hmm. I mean <laughs> we'll see.
3: Yeah, it will, I guess we'll I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah.
2: If nothing else, campaigns like that are good for letting people pre-order and knowing how uh, how many.
3: Yeah.
2: People so, yeah.
1: Because mm-hmm. I know for, for for me, like I definitely, you know, I I think what you guys are doing is really important and really fun. And I want to like support you, like that's you know. And I I I I'm reading the comic for free on Tumblr, and you know I I, w- I would love for there to be a way to support the comic, so beyond just resharing everything on Tumblr, which
2: I do. do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm, I'm question, like, oh, yeah. I I was just going to say I I fully intend to have lots of like, you know, cool bonus material for if we if we go to print and um, and for it to really be worth having the printed copy as well as all the free stuff that's online. Uh, but it, I, yeah. I think, I, I don't think I've, I haven't discussed it with you too as yet, but I think it's really important that we continue to offer it for free online. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I agree with that.
2: With the kind of
4: material we're putting um, out, it's mm-hmm. also kind of sometimes our only avenue because we want to tell our story uh without kind of, I don't know, mainstream publisher interference. We want to tell it how mm-hmm. we want to tell it. We don't want to, you know, we want to be our own editors. Um, mm-hmm. And mostly my hope is that somebody will, you know, will be able to pitch it to a, a big publisher and, and uh, have it go. As with, is. <laughs> say, yeah, but, you know, you never know. And so being able to put yeah. it out free... We kind of we, we can give it to our readers, and anybody can stumble upon it and sort of find comfort or joy or righteous anger in reading it. Um, yeah, <laughs> without us having to wor- worry about having to censor ourselves. So,
1: I'm actually, was thinking about Tumblr, um, you know, there's lots of different platforms for comics publishing that are designed for comics publishing, but this was a really originally something that was started on Tumblr, and Tumblr is allegedly, and usually works as, you know, a social networking site. So I was wondering if, like, what was the choice behind using Tumblr as a platform and, like, what have the virtues been of having your comics sort of play out over a space where it's assumed that people will share things, but it's not really, like, very comments-driven in terms of, like, you can't, like, really just, like, leave a comment on a single post and expect to have a conversation with folks on it, unfortunately. I wish it was like that because I'm old school. I remember (laughs) blogs, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. It's I guess an interesting platform to be using. Do you guys have any thoughts
3: on it? Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You guys have done other web comics before. Yeah,
2: I. I mean, I agree with you. I like having less you know, dialogue with the people who are reading, um, and I do. I do miss that about like I was. Man, I was thinking web comics back in like space days, and um, hmm. and. I think the thing that's advantageous about Tumblr is that there's a huge amount of people who are really involved in um, uh, in activism um, mm-hmm. and activism as as something that you do socially, which I think it should be. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that that's in line with what we're talking about in this summit, uh, and it might it might be a good topic of discussion, but also topic of escapism or, or um, but yeah, I'm, you know, if, if it if it takes off in a bigger way, there's no reason why we can't put it on multiple plat- platforms. Um, I honestly like some amazing web comics on Tumblr and I just thought that was going to be some for it.
0: Mm-hmm. What have you, you, I mean, you said that you've been creating webcomics for a while. Like, what have you, and I imagine, you know, technology has changed over time. You know, what have you kind of noticed as things have evolved over the years when it comes to webcomics? Well,
2: they're definitely, I mean, this is, I don't know. I don't know whether this is going to be boring for you guys, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> back in the, back in the aughts when I was making my right. my <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, back in this the aughts. This though. was
3: well before my time. Yeah, yeah, this was back when the internet had about 500 people. Um, and they all do. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did a comic called Malice and Blue. And it was, it was also about like, it was like a slice of life thing, and it was me like as a teenager so, in, uh, in my own life out which myself. I
3: read I did,
2: yeah yeah uh, yeah they,
3: I read um, it back in middle school
2: <laughs> <laughs> um Aww. and it's not perfect it's like written by a teenager who was still figuring himself out and where he fit in the community and how he felt about the community um and it was you know super experimental I would experiment with him the techniques I was using to draw it, it started out hand-drawn and then it meant to, like, me doing it on a tablet digitally. And um, and it was always in like different formats. Sometimes it would be long skinny strips and sometimes it would be, you know, wide ones or sometimes it would be like a comic book page. But I, I have found a lot more now. People have like plans for web comics. They're not only going to live in a digital form. Um, they're going to be in a format that can translate to print if needed and, and translate to other forms. And um for for a while people were combining co- online comics with like little animations. Um which was a really neat idea. Um there's a lot there's a lot more experimenting you can you can do on the on the Twitter web, just your art. Yeah, what I like about it is um, you know, I, I remember reading web comics in, in, in like high school and I had
4: a few that I was following sort of with a lot of dedication. What I love is that there is like a, a continuously growing diversity of the kinds of comics that are out there and just how much content artists are put putting out for free um mm. on all manner of different platforms and then how, yeah, just like Lawrence said, how they're taking off and they're able to turn it take it off of online and turn it into this beautiful physical thing. Um like uh, I think Hayes' or Noel Stevens's Nimona is a fantastic uh, example of that, where it started off as a school project, that then turned into a comic, that then turned into a, an award-winning book. That's incredible to me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that she was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, she sold that, and she like also sold the rights to it to potentially becoming a film. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 One yeah, thing, I
3: mean, of
2: about-
4: don't know
1: Nimona, like. I mean, you know this is all Stephen she's like writing for Marvel now, I mean, like yeah, like it's sort of this uh, story of like doing something online for yourself, in fact, being in school and then having it really get blow up huge, and I think mm-hmm. that these web comics are some of the only ways that more diverse voices are really getting out there in terms of even having a platform for, to be considered by bigger publishers, yeah and
2: it, and when we were all when yeah when we were all I mean, I... there you know five channels uh, that everyone would watch and yeah. now now because of because of art that's distributed on the web we've kind of re our um media intake there's all these niche subject matters that you can go into and find an audience whatever for. whatever
3: you're looking for no matter how niche it exists for you
2: yeah which is yeah. amazing and that's the opposite of mass media which is great
1: <laughs> yeah Definitely. Well, it sounds like, you know, you guys, like, have been kind of in and around comics in different ways for quite some time. I'd love to hear, like, from you guys which comics you found really inspiring for this project or just in general.
4: Kelsey, you want to go first?
3: Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, I didn't really read a lot of comics growing up. I read a ton of web comics, so um, I did read My Life in Blue. Um, I I really I remember really, really loving uh Rosalarian's um Lesbian Pirates and and uh You and Me was really, really important to me and my friends when I was in high school. And just like all of those all of those webcomics that uh were presenting things, I didn't really have a huge interest in in comics comics because they weren't really producing any content that I found interesting or I didn't realize at the time, but were relevant to me. So, um, yeah, mostly it's been other web comics that I have found interesting. But again, uh, my background is not in comics, so um, that that never really came into that, that's never come into my writing really.
1: Hmm.
3: But web comics are comics. It's just like a very different
1: world. Like you know, one, yeah. one doesn't really know the other necessarily.
3: I I'm sorry, what what? Hello? Oh, I was just saying Hello? Yeah, go ahead. hmm Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I here. think I'm I think I'm breaking up. My oh, my bunker is it's
1: Your bunker is too bunkery. I, I yeah. gonna <laughs> fine though. Um Lauren, so do you want to talk about your comics? Influences and stuff
2: yeah um, I
1: I, like ones that were important to you
2: yeah i was I was really into x men um I liked that they were uh they were superheroes who were ostracized um I liked that a lot and mm-hmm. and it was you know, I wasn't necessarily connecting it with a queer narrative um but i I liked that there was a lot of stigma against them, but they still kind of worked for for justice, and you had this like dichotomy of. I'm going to work for justice for my own people because they're ostracized. And, um, and, you know, and then the flip side, I'm going to work for justice so that people realize that I'm, you know, human and that I'm deserving of love. Um, And I think that's a struggle that we go through. If you're from any disenfranchised group, and I I think you can relate to that. Um, I'm still waiting for X-Men to have more uh, good queer representations though, because I feel like, I feel like we've earned it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: considering
2: the pandemic. Team Magneto all the way. Yeah, y'all. No, it's true. Huh? Uh, yeah, the hashtag is basically Team Magneto.
4: Yeah.
3: Basically,
2: y'all don't give our, all our secrets
4: away. <laughs> Magneto is actually. I like that style. comparison. Spoilers. Hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, you'll have to put a spoiler warning on this podcast. <laughs> But they're, like,
1: a kind of obtuse enough in some ways, but I'm not too, too worried. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't feel like – like, I, feel, I feel like we're still okay with that, you know. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. X-Men is, like, pretty much – like, if I meet anybody who, like, grew up reading comics and they're queer, they read X-Men, and partially because of the age that we are, but partially because, like, that is the story that, like, people identify with. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure it's probably also true for folks who are younger and did not grow up in the heyday of X-Men.
4: For me, when I when I moved to the U.S., uh, X-Men was actually one of the things that my uncle was making me read so that my colloquial English would get better. So definitely mm-hmm. X-Men. Uh-huh. Um, and then a little bit later, um, I read The Authority, and that changed my world. So it's really funny that you mentioned Steve Orlando, uh, because when Midnighter got his spinoff, which I kind of found out about right before FlameCon happened next year. And I knew that Steve Orlando was gonna be there. And then I found out that two of the writers were gonna be on a panel with him. I lost my fucking mind.
0: Um,
3: (laughs)
4: uh, Reading The Authority, like yeah, X-Men is fantastic for sort of the metaphorical queer representation. Uh, The Authority was the first thing where I saw a gay, an, an explicitly gay couple, both of them, kind of anti-heroes, both of them raising a child, but also, you know, kicking people's jaws off of their faces. Um, (laughs) And that Mm
0: -hmm.
4: was consistently at the back of my mind while we were starting to work on Bashback.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the first comic that had, like, two men kissing that wasn't couched in some sort of, like, body swapping or, you know, magical Michigas.
4: I, like, oh, man, I, I went back to that particular issue and that particular page so many times.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I, I think... Mean,
1: you know, all... Let me pick one of us. The...
2: Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was going to us... all... <laughs> <laughs> say, I think all of <laughs> us... I was going to say, I think all of us... Sorry. For the Sandman series as oh, well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Sandman, Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely definitely ahead of its time, and I think that Neil Gaiman continues to catch up with the time, which is great. Yeah.
3: Ahead of its time,
1: there but it's still very much of
3: its time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, there's definitely moments of, like, trans representation in Sandman that I read now as an adult, and I'm like, oh. But when I read it <laughs> when I was much younger and, like, didn't know shit, I was like, oh, how cool that they have that. Like, their standards of what's acceptable change over time.
2: Yeah, um, that that definitely breaks my heart that that in one pen stroke there can be like uh some, you know what we read now is a very like negative, tropey, you know, trans tragedy story, but with the same pen stroke there are, you know, gender queer gods. It's like how
1: how how can yeah. we kind
2: of with both of those narratives in the same story? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and you know the whole thing the other folks are talk about in terms of x men is like people cut them so much credit for representation when they really don't it's mostly white characters yeah and characters who we we weed queer subjects into, and sometimes the art you know the writer very much knew that that's what he was doing, and God bless him, mm-hmm. But, like it's
3: not it's kind of it's kind of like a it it. it's kind of become a science fiction trope to to write something that's like whoa sorry upstairs neighbors to to write something that's like. Here is a science fiction metaphor for the oppression of queer people, featuring mm-hmm. no queer people, and yeah, uh, that's yeah, <laughs> that's frustrating. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's okay
2: to appreciate that stuff, and it is also okay to demand a, a higher standard.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. that sounds exactly right. Yeah. And and I think that um you know we're seeing more more people demanding that especially on spaces like like Tumblr and saying like it's you know what we've been given so far is not enough.
3: Yeah. And and it's nice and it? I feel like I feel like those demands are getting regret uh, getting uh, results, which is nice. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Do you guys have other like web comics from other queer creators that you think folks should be checking out that they might not that we people might not know about current or past perhaps
4: uh, hmm. folks might know about them but uh tripping over you is one of my current favorite uh yeah they're at let me see trippingoveryou.com
2: Mhm they're awesome <laughs> The, uh, the first um, really- I
3: had one that I really liked but it the writer or the artist stopped doing it and is now updating on uh, like little like novel-esque descriptions of what happens with illustration and that's BFF comic Lawrence you like that yeah. one too right? Is that a fiction Hello?
1: story
3: or non-fiction? Oh, it's, is um, that a, fiction it's comic? a, it started out as a comic um, BFF and um, it's it's now discontinued uh, and the the artist regularly writes these updates of like, here's what was going to happen in chapter 23 and with a few illustrations. And yeah, the actually, writing is still so good.
2: Yeah, yeah if hmm. you're already invested the The write ups of what the the like script was gonna be are really really engaging. Um, and it and it's yeah. just like a, I don't know. It reminds me of films like Clueless. and like. And yeah, it is. It is. It's fiction. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, it, it really. It really kind of reads like a little bit like a OIA novel now. <laughs> with illustrations. Oh, that's interesting. Like
1: there's this whole world of sort of semi-auto. Well, I wouldn't say semi like highly autobiographical, queer web comics that I could just never enjoy. I think enjoy is the right word. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, and, and, and maybe because I didn't find them at a time in my life where I really needed them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's, like, it's all too late now. I'm old and bitter, and I don't find your stories as struggling <laughs> used to be. No, it's not, I'm not quite that bad. <laughs> but, um, but, like, it's really cool to hear about, like, fiction. Like, I know I've been recently checking out Rock and Riot, which is new.
4: Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Wait, like, have I got a very vintage, vintage 50s. If you, if you oh. of like slices I have a recommendation for you. I just remembered. Mm-hmm. You wanna read about gay spaghetti westerns with cowboys and train uh robberies and centaurs
2: because that comic <laughs> okay. is called Hot Blood and you should definitely check that out. I I was gonna say Hot Blood is the first one I saw that like looked really good on Tumblr <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I'm Hot gonna, like blood. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to steal their formatting so that mine looks good on Tumblr, too. But yeah. <laughs> well, oh, cool. A Centaur in the old lab. That sounds
1: fantastic. <laughs> yep.
2: <Yeah. laughs> um, oh,
4: one wow. more. So I'm not sure if this one is going to be queer. I'm sort of getting the sense that it might be with some of the background characters at least. Uh, but I want to recommend it because I love this comic. Uh, it's called Wildlife and it's like, um so it's a supernatural um comic with like werewolves and a giant bear and witches and this like main main character protagonist moves to this middle of nowhere town. We don't know why, but there's like all this weird stuff going down there. Oh,
0: yeah.
4: I love that one. And I yeah, I think I think some of the background characters at the very least are queer and we'll see. It's, you know, it's still sort of taking off and developing, but I've been really enjoying that one.
1: Is there like a community of like all the like web comic creators where you guys sort of connect and talk about these things? Do you have um, your
2: own special comic con? No, there is. We're not invited to it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, changed I, I know. I, I think I know that uh, Teddy. I know you lo- know a lot of like other artists, and and I, I feel like they're the um, the erotic artists have like some some sort of community going on. I don't know about the webcomic folk. <laughs> I, I don't
1: know.
3: I mean, I,
4: again, Tumblr is kind of a great platform for artists in general, so you, discover, you mm-hmm. just sort of discover and run across folks through, you know, reblogs and things that happen on your dash. But I think, honestly, the only dedicated space for where comic creators has so far been, like, FlameCon. <laughs> And FlameCon was
3: amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. FlameCon was great. That was a great day.
1: I mean, one of the things I said about it is, like, you know, I've been going to allegedly LGBTQ events since I was in high school, and this is one of the only spaces I've ever been in that actually felt like it was diverse and inclusive.
3: Yeah. I'm 36.
1: Like, that's really fucking sad. So, But it's also really happy for FlameCon. But it's sad for the state of affairs for the rest of the world. So yeah. hopefully in our united love of comics, it'll and take out. Things, we will have more. Hopefully there will be space. more. And actually that's also one of the things that I really loved about, really love about your comic. It's like, you have a comic where you have like bisexual women and trans men and drag queens and like a combination of like everybody and they're all in it together. And it never really mm-hmm. feels that way in, in real life where i in my experience. So That's where, um, the, that's where the
3: fantasy comes in. in. <laughs> yeah.
2: A little bit, yeah. Yeah. It's um the the family, I think, has to be no compromise. And if, you know, mm-hmm. there, there can't be there can't be a no fats, no femmes mentality in a mafia family. You have to take the yeah. people who are going to cause and risk them, um, you know, no matter no matter what part of the spectrum they're in. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, if nothing else, it'll be a good example. Um, I know that, yeah. you know, I come from I, I come from a community of burlesque dancers as well, and the community of burlesque dancers I'm a part of is incredibly diverse, not only sexually, but also in body type and in ability, um and in, you know, color. And these different bodies that we have in uh Bashback are meant to be diverse and a celebration of the beauty. The
1: beauty of their diversity, for sure. That is awesome, and I also want that T-shirt about how you can't have the Clear Mafia if you say no fats to no femmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I I I really am impressed with you everything your daughters are doing. I really encourage our listeners even straight people like go to bashback.tumblr.com and check out what they're doing. Do even I will, them, they
0: can I will them. say the token straight guy. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I read it all and you know, plowed through it in a day. So not even a day, but a couple hours. <laughs>
3: awesome.
2: also, I'm glad. I'm glad
3: that it you, spoke it. To you.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah, Thank you so much for having us. This has been great.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us on the show. Do you want to just, is there anywhere else we need to tell people where they can
1: find you online? I mean, we have bashback.tumblr.com. Um, any other places folks can be looking for you online? Oh, we didn't even get to explain Dr. Sketches, damn it. Do you want to just oh, give a quick pitch oh. for that for folks in the New York area?
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a cabaret drawing session. Uh, we hire burlesque performers and night, nightlife performers to uh, model, and we do a monthly session. Right now it's every second Sunday of the month at Food Bar in Midtown um so you come in you bring your art supplies and every month there's a special theme like uh this uh in february we have a session coming up uh on let me just double check but i think it's february 7th and the theme is going to be vikings mm-hmm. um yeah so models are going to be in fun cost vikings yep
3: <laughs> vikings oh wow you know like you know like the history channel show <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so, I I like real history. Indeed. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But with better hats. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I've been to Dr. Sketchy's in New York City on occasion, and it's a really great way to force yourself to go and draw. If you've been pushing it off, if you don't take classes, if classes are boring, or you can't make a regular commitment, it's a very fun space to be in and get
2: inspired and make some art. Yeah, and it's a non judgmental space. And, you know, you can drink while you're drawing so that you don't even care if people can see you anymore. <laughs> Excellent.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you all at FlameCon again this year. And, um, and, yeah, thank
3: you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Alrighty, so that wraps up our latest episode, and it was actually a cool. I was I I was fairly quiet because I was learning things. Usually, when I get quiet, it's because I, I'm learning, uh, <laughs> enjoying it as a listener. It uh, is not because you've been
1: kidnapped and telekin to a different dimension by Mojo no, or anything no, like that. No, it's, no, no. Thank um,
0: God that
1: hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, so at least not yet. The we've got another episode uh, this Thursday. Um, we've got a no Jones- I think it's
1: Wednesday now or is
0: it Wednesday sorry is it
1: Wednesday?
0: let's double check uh,
1: don't quote me you can keep explaining it and I'll get back to people on the date I'm checking my phone <laughs> I have it for Wednesday 10pm for Wednesday is it Wednesday
0: sorry okay so it's Wednesday That's at 10pm no 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 my bad I, mm-hmm. I can screw things up Um. yep it's Wednesday 27th we've got a, a new episode of Jonesy for Jessica that will be on at 10 p.m. Uh, with a, another guest. It's Oliver Sava, who I don't know Oliver if Sava, like, yeah. would like to introduce him. or
1: Yes, Oliver Sava him. is uh, one of the TV critics for the Onion AV Club, and he also writes about comics. But, like, you definitely have read his stuff on the Onion AV Club if you read about superhero shows or Adventure Time, things like that.
0: Yes. So uh, he'll be joining us on Wednesday. Uh, ignore what I said earlier. Uh, the episode will be uh, promoted and uh, for you to kind of remind yourself uh, tomorrow on uh, Blog Talk Radio. And this episode will be going up on Stitcher and iTunes a little bit after we wrap up, and of course it will be uploaded on um, SoundCloud tomorrow, and then you can listen to it on our site uh, probably later in the afternoon. So, as always, mm-hmm. thanks for listening. We all appreciate it tons and tons and tons. So until this Wednesday, uh, I'm Brett. I'm Ilana. And Kibikiki.